Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Hi, you're welcome to Africa Tech Radio. My name is Lillian and you're listening to Back to Base. You see, we have left the era of anything goes to intentionality. Intentionality in ideation, intentionality in creation, in imaging and other spheres of creativity. And that is the edge that successful tech founders have over others. Now, we know... We know that they have a lot of other tricks up their sleeves, but they'll tell us themselves. I cannot speak for these people who have made something out of literally nothing. And Back to Base is the program that was created to shed the light on these tech founders and also to humanize these tech founders and innovators so that you know that what they have done, if you can, let me take a bare leaf of motivational speakers' books, they say if you can achieve it, or if you can imagine it, you can achieve it. Perspire to retire without desire. Don't mind me. But we want to tell you about how, you know, they did what they did and how you can do it too. All right. So today on Back to Base, we are getting to know Nura Ali. Hope I pronounced your name well. You did. You did. Thank you so much. It's great to be on the, on the show with you. Thank you very much for uh, agreeing to be a guest. I like the prompt response you gave me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So I told you before we, we started this particular podcast that I want to get to know you. I want to know you, you know, to the bone marrow. <laughs> so tell me <laughs> about your uh, your journey so far. But you can tell me about, well, first of all, how were you brought up in what kind of family? Yeah, well, thank you for asking that question. So hello, everyone. Once again, my name is Nora Ali. I'm based in Washington, D.C., but I'm originally from Somalia, and I still go visit. I'm in Africa a lot, so it's not like I haven't been back home. I come from a really big family. I'm the youngest of eight. Um, Oh, wow. It's a lot of girls. Yeah, (laughs) it's a lot of girls. It's seven of us, one boy, and, and we're like... I would say, you know, typical, proper African family. Um, I'm blessed to have my parents still here before. So we, I was born in Hargeisa, which is in North Somalia. And um, at that time when we lived there, my dad was the, basically he was like the Supreme Court judge. This is before the civil war of Somalia broke out in 1991. And I don't, like I was a, I was a baby when we left. So I don't really have too much experience at that time. In, in, um, in Somalia, but just from the stories, you know, I come from a certain uh, very politically active and also very uh, business-driven family. Um, and I do think those things have been embedded in me based, um, as you can see, just some of the work that I'm doing. And, and I would say um, doing impactful work or just helping giving back to your community was something that was kind of just um, influenced or I would say implemented in me at a young age, particularly through my mother and my grandma. I started off, uh, when we came to the States, you know, I started first grade here. And then we initially lived in California. We lived in San Diego. That's kind of like how, that's what I remember, like, from from childhood. But I spent majority of my life in Minnesota. Minnesota is in the Midwest. Um, we lived in Minneapolis. And, you know, living there was great. There wasn't a lot of immigrants at that time. It was just like the early 90s. 
Um, right now, there's a huge Somali community in Minnesota. There's also a huge just African community, particularly from Liberia, Cameroon, West Africa. You have a lot of Eritreans and Ethiopians there as well. Um, being in Minnesota, like I say, it was just, you know, great. I went to University of Minnesota. During my time at University of Minnesota, I was really able to really understand what I wanted to do in life and how I wanted to be impactful. Um, I ended up pursuing a degree in um, political science and international relations. Um, and I think that was and the funny part is, so for my global studies, international relations degree, mm. at that time, they were like, hey, pick a continent you want to focus on. And um, I mean, I guess I think it was just like second nature to just pick Africa. Mm. So I've been focusing on Africa, I would say, since I was like 19 years old, just understanding the geopolitical I would say the geopolitical side, but also very understanding different cultures and, and the history. And I think to me, history is very, very important. I do believe that his, our history, particularly African people history, has been written in a way that doesn't you know, showcase our history from our lens, right? And it's been done from a Eurocentric approach. So that's one of the things that I try to really dive into. I deep dive deep into, but really understanding different cultures and how what has happened in the past, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, it's, it's still affecting us. Let it be here in the United States or let it be back home on the continent. But since then, I initially actually started off my career. He's not a Congress member anymore, United States Congress member, but he was the first elected Congress member, uh, a first elected Muslim Congress member. Um, in the United States, Congressman Keith Ellison. Um, that's kind of when I started really getting into politics. I was his first intern. From that, I was able to be part of the DFL party, which is the Democratic Farmers and Labor Party at Minnesota for, for Obama 08. So I was super really active in the sense of like, how do you change the local, like your local politics? Um, how do you have a positive impact in your local communities? But I, I always thought it was this like deep drive for going back home and, and being able to help different communities and really make a change. That led to me pursuing a career in the federal government, which that's the reason why I moved to DC. And since then I shifted my career, as you can see, I'm in marketing and brand development now. And since then I've been able to really, really, you know, tackle different areas. Let it be in strategic partnerships, let it be in, um, and impact work, particularly in nonprofit, or let it be when it comes to just marketing, branding, particularly in the tech space. Hmm, that is that is that is something. But when did your entrepreneurial journey start? What age were you when you started? Okay, I want to dive into entrepreneurship. So honestly, so the first I would say at a really young age. So my first. Uh, business idea I would say mm. was I think I was like 12 years old oh wow it was summer yeah. so my family like I said I come from a very business driven family particularly from my mom's side so my mom has been an entrepreneurship I think all her life um she comes from you know a, a family that's been politically active but she's not she doesn't there's a lot there isn't a lot of women from her side of the family so she kind of took that business side I would say and I feel like a lot of African women you know do that um, but I would say my first, like, and this was like, I, like I said, I was like in sixth grade. I ended up starting like a babysitting business in my neighborhood to like help all the neighbors 
when, you know, there's some, since the kids were not in school in the summertime, it was like doing babysitting and so forth. But my first real business was, um, I started, it was in, it was in marketing. It was, it was kind of interesting because like I, my educational background is in government and international development and so forth. But I always had this like interest in events and marketing and interacting with people and so forth. So I started real public relations when I was 22. So that was my first real company, I would say. Uh, my family helped me start that company. We It was more like lifestyle focus. We focused on like lifestyle branding. You know, we wanted to work with fashion brands and also athletes and, and so forth. So th that was my first, I would say, real, uh, you know, LLC. <laughs> about this babysitting business that you started, I just thought about something. Uber for babysitters, right? Instead of you contacting people and they're saying they're busy, you take your app and you, I don't know, it should be a thing over there by now, but if it's not, it should yeah. be. I remember a few years ago, I was working on this um, this project. I forgot. Oh, we were working on a Ryshen, actually, app for a client. They're called Trip, actually. Okay. Um, they're Nigerian, actually. They're based in London. I think they also have a market in Nigeria as well, actually. And I remember while I was doing the market analysis and understanding what different ride sharing apps are out there and so forth, I did come across a babysitter. It was like, it was more like picking up your kids type of ride sharing. But that led to, there's apps out there that you can, at least in the States, that you can, you know, you know, look through and, and then find the right babysitter for you. Mm, that is amazing. So... Tell me about, you said you, you started your company, but you also went to University of Minnesota. After you finished university, what next? What was the next step for you? So after I finished the University of Minnesota, I actually, um, I was still interning. Um, I was ending my internship with Congressman Keith Ellison, and he kind of was just like, hey, you should move to D.C. and really pursue politics or pursue something in the government. So I ended up moving to Washington, D.C. to pursue my master's in international uh, development. But I also ended up getting a job with the United States General Service Administration Office. So I initially started, I was a program analyst. I worked with the management. And that was more just kind of getting my foot in the door. That wasn't really what I wanted to focus on. I wanted to focus more on like foreign policy and, and being able to really do more like on the ground work in Africa. So I did, I was with uh, GSA for about five years. And then I ended up, honestly, it was like 20, 2015, I dropped everything. <laughs> and I always tell people the story that I ended up just in, you know, dropping my whole life in, in the States, in Washington, D.C. And um, I ended up moving to Ethiopia. Why? Why did you do that? I would say it's first of all, I always tell people, like, if you feel like you're not being, you're not elevating or you feel like you're not being inspired or, you know, there's just like your, your spirit, it's not there 100%. Rather than continuing doing the same thing over and over again, sometimes you just have to leave the environment you're in. Um, and you might not even know what's going on at that moment. For me, I didn't even know what's going on at that moment. Um, it was more my, uh, we had a business in, um, in the Somalia region of Ethiopia doing imports and exports. And I was also actively doing a lot of work there at that time. We, we, we built, a, we were doing, a, we, we, I'm sorry, we built a library for some orphans. Uh, it was like a, like a school for kids who didn't have, you know, a fam families and so forth. So one of the projects that 
and this is like we we completed the project 2013 but we were still doing a lot of work with the school but we ended up um doing a um, library for the kids at the school we donated over 10,000 books um I, we were also doing a lot of different like infrastructure projects like hotels and so forth so my mom kind of I think she noticed, you know, you know mothers, especially African mothers, they know their kids very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, she, I, my mother kind of noticed that I really wasn't as driven as I was, and I think maybe because I just had to make that decision on which direction I wanted to go with my career. And she invited me to come work for her um at her for her import export company and they needed some of my expertise. So, it just kind of worked that that way. And I went there. I was I was in Ethiopia for about a year. Just to give you background like so the tribe that I'm from we are I'm Somali but we're also in Ethiopia we're in Somalia and we're in Kenya because of just you know mm-hmm. what has what has what have happened when it comes to lines being drawn on the continent so so I'm but right now it's great for me because I'm able to really move around you know three all three countries really uh in a flexible way mm-hmm. So so yeah so I went there I was there for about a year and and it was just a lot of I would say personal growth and it's just development I, I always tell people really focus on consistently evolving yourself um investing into your personal development in in all parts and sometimes if you have to disconnect from if if you have the opportunity that is right everyone doesn't have the same opportunity but if you have the opportunity to be able to just a step back and 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 take yourself in an environment that can help you reconnect with who you are what your core principles are and so forth it's okay to do that and then come back so that you can do bigger and better things Yeah. We're here to talk to Nura Ali. She is the CEO of Bold Branding Group and of course it is Back to Base which is a founders program, a program that talks about and talks to founders. So let's dive into it, right? You have told us about how you packed your things and left Washington DC. A place where people dream to go. You said, "No, I need to take a break. I need to take a break." <laughs> so when you Re- regroup Yeah, we <laughs> you need to regroup, recalibrate and know where you want to head next. Like some people in Nigeria do say I went to say mommy thank you ma. You know when <laughs> when you go home your mom gives you food you say thank you ma. So they say I want to go back and say mommy thank you ma. <laughs> Literally eat mommy's food. So when you went back to Ethiopia what happened next? So I mean honestly at that time I was able to do a mixture of few things um you know I dabbled a little bit in international trading particularly in commodities but I ended up actually coming back to the states towards the end of like 2015 and you know everything happens for a reason I always tell people just trust the process and as long as you know God can continue to bless you um just continue working on yourself and and and, and chasing you know your dreams right So um I ended up actually moving back home to the states just because I I had to do some stuff for my family it was for personal reasons. But in 2016 I ended up um starting my career from scratch. And you know like the thing the amazing thing about life is that you know we're always able to always restart or create a different paths for ourselves. And I'm someone who has that that the opportunity to do that. So my passionate for business and um marketing just kind of let me to expand in my career in business development um I was able to really start getting into uh shifting a little bit away from the public sector 
uh, particularly when it comes to just government and um, in, in NGO work. And I went more into doing um, sales and marketing. It's just really, really expanding also understanding how to do like strategic partnerships and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that led me to, from a career standpoint, that led me to um, working for a consulting firm here based in, Washington, in the Washington, D.C. area, doing business analysis. Um, it's they're, they're called SACON Enterprise. They're a federal contracting firm. I mean, the great thing for me is that even though they're in the private sector, we were still dealing with the federal government. So, you know, doing things like bidding, really working with the leadership there to understand how to do federal contract bidding. But that was really, working at SACON was really the first time that I was able to really dive deep into brand development and marketing. So this is a company that was around for over 20 years. Um, and they had a, like an outdated um, logo. It's just look and feel. Um, and I knew that the CEO wanted to get the whole company just rebranded. It's just elevated to the next level. So I pitched them. I pitched them my idea for how we should rebrand the company. I was able to help the company, like you know, save over eighty thousand because I, I found vendors that I have relationships with um, that was able to do the branding and also web development. I would say that was my that was my turning moment to really really understanding like how to do brand development, but really why I wanted to do brand development. And I was with Saycon, you know, until early 2020. And that was kind of the, the beginning of my pursuit for both brand group with Dosi, my business partner. You mentioned something about the logo of the company looking for all and outdated. So I want to know what role a logo plays in a company. The in, right logo. At, at, that, at that company or? Oh, in how, in general, the role logos, you know, people just yeah. wake up one morning and sound start the company, they f- put something and say, this is my logo. So how mm-hmm. important is it for one to have the right logo? So I, it's, 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 it's multiple layers and that's kind of the approach we take. So it's not so much just the logo, it's the whole brand as a whole. Mm-hmm. We consider branding as, for a company as the personality, like the person that's representing them, right? So from a logo visual design standpoint, yes, it should be premier. Um, it should be unique in its own way. Um, and it should be something that's um, easy to use, right? You don't need a complicated logo. But what really makes a brand and what really makes a company really get these uh, consumer loyalty, I would say, or really just increase their brand equity, it's the whole brand. And that's why a lot of people don't understand. They they think a logo is what the brand is when it's beyond that. It's your color palette, it's your tone, it's your messaging, and it's your brand personality. We, we create brands that are really focused on purpose-driven. We, we, we make sure we infuse a lot of human into the brands we create. So, so just to answer your question, the logos are very important, but it's beyond the logo. It's the whole brand as a whole. And that's some, what we kind of kind of push to our clients for them to understand that, that for you to really be a leader or even to increase your market shares, you have to you know, present yourself with a brand that people can feel connected with. And that, that involves multiple things, like I said, the look and feel, but also what you're presenting uh, from a messaging standpoint. Okay, so since you've started Bold Branding Group, what has been your 
proudest moment? Proudest moment. Wow. Okay. So, so we're in year three, right? So we're in our, I consider this our growth year. Um, and, and we are, we're receiving, you know, acknowledgements, we're rewards. I think my proudest moment, I would say, so I would say 2021, the end of 2021, um, we were able to, we working with this FinTech brand based here and they got invited. And I've had a few moments, but I'll just speak on this one because I thought, it, I think it's a unique story. We are, they're called Bold Mobile app. It's a, it's basically a, a FinTech market marketplace for the bolded industry. And they came to us to do uh, rebranding, which we did for them. We did more like a brand extension. They wanted to keep their logo, but we just enhanced it. And we also just kind of created a, a solid brand that they can really put in front of their investors and so forth. But they also got selected to attend this huge conference in uh, Lisbon, in Europe, called Web Summit. And we were able, particularly me, I was able to go to the conference to represent them as bold brand group, but really as uh, boat mobile app um, and and overall the, the experience was amazing but really being able to pitch a brand that you built from scratch and you're seeing that people are really interacting with it you know even though it's not your company but you infuse your ideas um, the client you worked really closely with the client to understand beyond this, this amazing solution that's for the future that they created what else are they trying to do like what else do you want to do for the world and that's, that these are the type of questions we ask CEOs or anyone we're working with when we're building their brand. Like, okay, this is an amazing brand, but what else? So just being able to be acknowledged in that space, being able to connect with so many other tech founders at this Web, at Web Summit, but also having a brand that we've, like I said, we've, we've created, get selected to attend this conference because we were able to do like a whole uh, pitch and so forth on their behalf. So that was a really proud moment. Um, and I would say also this year, um, recently we won um, brand development agency uh, for product development. So that we won this this award about a year, about a month ago. And um, products and just consu- interacting with consumers is something that we're very passionate about. So to, to get acknowledged for that, I think it's very, uh, it's very fulfilling. Mm, that's great. Then how how do business know? I'm just curious. How do business know that? Okay, it's time for us to repackage. What signs would they be looking out for? Um, I mean, I think it depends. Like from a business standpoint, if it's if you're trying to expand your market, if you're launching a new product, or sometimes you know you're you have maybe come across individuals like myself. Or, or other people that can give you feedback on, say, hey, this is what the market is looking for, and this is the direction you should go. So it, it's multiple, it's multiple reasons, um, and also depends on where the where the company is at financially, right? Because if you're gonna, especially if you're a product, like if you're a drink or something that consumers are cons- eating, you know, consuming, you wanna, you, there's so many. You have to uh, from the design, just redesigning the look and feel. You also have to do the packaging. You know, that's its own process. And then you have to do the launch of this new look and feel or new product that you're trying to put out in the market. You know, when you tell somebody that, okay, from everything we have seen, from analysis, research and everything, it is time for you to rebrand. Many of these uh, owners, they sometimes have fear in them. They would be resisting change. How do you how do you turn that around? How do you change their minds? It's, it's just truly creating the value, um, understanding what the customer wants, understanding how you can help 
best position them in the market. Um, and also, it should never be forced, right? If it's the CEO of a leadership company doesn't see the value in best that they can best position themselves. We've I've worked with few like immigrants here mm-hmm. in the states, and the thing is, um, you like global brands or U.S. based brands and so forth. They really do uh, value what marketing does and what how your brand looks and making sure that you know your premiere and so forth. They value. I think one of the areas that we like in as 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 Black people or as Africans or just minorities is. And I've come across this even within my own community. They don't really see the value of marketing. They don't. Stay, and 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 maybe it has to do with us educating our community to understand. Hey, it really does matter how you look in the market. It matters how how much you invest into your marketing department or your branding efforts, right? Because the reality of it is, if you look at the global brands, you look at who's actually killing the market. You know what? Aside from other reasons, right? We're just focusing on marketing and not focusing on financials, or we're not looking at how, from a political standpoint, you know who's winning or losing in the world. You know these big brands are coming from countries from the West, right? To a certain extent, and I think we need to maybe educate our communities and even our people back home to truly understand the value of.、Uh, Why it's so important to invest in marketing? Why it's so important to to understand who your consumers are and how to best target them for so they can buy your products or services. Hmm. Okay. So, do you use in that in your company? Do you do you inculcate tech in your business? Process. Yeah. Process. Yeah. I mean, we're very so innovation is and not to say that tech is the only thing that's innovative, right? There's innovation in all parts, right? I I always tell people、um, migration of people or immigrating it brings innovation, but you know, yeah, we we infuse tech.、Um, I'm not sure in what way you're 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 looking at it, but in the day of the day to day management of the company, you know, we use different tech platforms to 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 help create a seamless process for us. Let it be like right now. You know, we use、uh, Notion. We use a lot of different. Right now, AI is huge, and is definitely making life easier for a lot of people. So we're always looking for different tech, tech solutions that can help us, but also technology solutions that can help our 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 customers, our clients. Okay. So looking at me now, imagine I am someone who wants to go into your line of work. I've been thinking about how to. Repackage businesses in in、uh, in the sense of making them better for in the market and everything. And I do not know how to start. Can you give me advice on where and how to start? Yeah. Before I even do that, I want to just give you a little bit of what my focus area is, particularly. So I would say, first of all, you can't do it by yourself, right? Especially if you want to, unless you know, you could say you wear every hat. So I focus more on storytelling. I'm more a strategist as far as the work we do,、um, and then I have my head of design, which is my business partner, Dosi. She does all the designs and the visual side of the work that we do. So I think the first part is understanding what service you want to focus on, right? And saying, hey, what's my what expertise do I already have, or what expertise can I learn, right? Before you even Unless you know some opportunity drops in your lap, and you're like, okay, I can do this project, and I'm getting paid to do it. Why not take it? 
But if you want to first understand what your niche is, right? What your services is and why you're, why you're even doing this. What, like, what are you trying to achieve? Right. Um, and then from that, if you need to find partners and not business partners, but partners you can collaborate with mm. so that you can maybe grow your reach and they can also support you. I think support is so important in finding other creatives or other people who are innovative that you can collaborate with because you honestly can't do this by yourself unless you want to be like just a freelancer. Okay. Well, so from your stand- standpoint, what does the future board look like? So... Uh, the future of bold looks very bright and very promising. This is not, I don't, we don't consider ourselves just like a typical branded agency or a typical marketing communication firm. We kind of see ourselves as people who are shifting how uh, stories are being told. We see ourselves as transformational leaders who are here to really push purpose-driven brands. I think our goal is really to make people feel belong so we're very conscious we're and that's what i bring that's what i infuse to my team right i push the sense of let's be very conscious of how we make people feel through the different designs and stories and messages that we create and we want to push uh being inclusive right and and also create brands that are for the future so um, granted, there's the back end stuff, right? It's just how to operate a business. And that, that's not easy at all, right? For anyone, right? Mm-hmm. From if you want to expand your team and hire new people to doing business development and sales, um, to in- trying to increase your revenue and so forth. So I'm very excited about the future. We're always looking for people and entities to collaborate with. And I think we're best positioned in the market right now because we're positioning ourselves as a global entity. Hmm, that's, that looks really promising. <laughs> Good luck. But before we go, okay. I just want to ask this. Is there anything you've seen that other branding companies do and you say, okay, these people are, are getting it wrong. Is there something that people do wrong in the industry right now and they should correct? I think saying that you do everything where you're not an expert, right? I think that's something I've noticed. We, we like, for example, we don't, we can do public relations, but we don't do public relations. We have pri- partners that we work with that focus on that. Okay, let's put it this way. Mistakes that, that, that is common with a lot of these branding groups, brand branding companies. Yeah, I mean, for, for example, in, in this space, there isn't too many people that look like us who are doing a big who are who have big agencies it's mm-hmm. it's not it's very you know there's certain agencies that get the funding that get the the recognition and so forth so i would say for for both that like we want to push being able to have people that look like us who have this you know very international background but who are very conscious and that want to do impact like for example i do work on bold and bold is what i'm very passionate about but at the same time like I'm pushing um, very, I would say, being able to do economic development and work creation, working with SMEs when it comes to Africa. So that's just like its own other arm, right? That we're, mm-hmm. we're I would say, working on all these different projects with different uh, startups that are particularly minority owned and so forth here in the States. 
has led me to understand what are the needs of actual SMEs and startups in Africa and how, how can you best position them. So I wouldn't sit here and say there's something that's bad or good. I think I would say particularly here in the States or just in the market space, there isn't too many people who are doing these large Uh, who have these large agencies who are receiving funding to grow and expand market who who are from the same background that we are um and i think there's that clash in the sense of creating messaging and creating content that's that, that we can relate to and that's something that we're trying to push from a be a more inclusive standpoint okay is any anything you want to add before we go Yeah, I, um so I want to add um and I know we were focusing particularly on bold, but as you know that I'm also heavily doing a lot of work in in Africa and I know the market, you know, this is uh Africa Tech Radio. So mm-hmm. I want to so we're um we're in the process of launching a program in Kenya, but it's for the whole continent through some of the impact work that I'm doing. Um we're working with Nile Lab. They're based in Kenya. They're an innovator hub. Um, and the title of the program is called Investing into the Next Generation of Innovators. It's basically being a, it's an incubator, being able to find scalable SMEs um, in Africa that we can basically give resources and tools and also connect them with capital to scale and grow and basically workforce development. So that's what's something that I'm very passionate about. I think doing all this work with Bold has led me to understanding the the needs of SMEs and how we can best scale them. So I just wanted to add that into our convo. So so it's just so to give everyone heads up. All right, the heads are up. <laughs> um we're going to be contacting you on that. In fact, after this con- interview, we'll have a, a brief conversation on that because that is amazing. A lot of entrepreneurs are out there, there are, you know, SMEs out there, but scaling is the biggest issue for them. So this would would go down well with them. Thank you very much and Ali for uh, joining us today on Africa Tech Radio. I'm so grateful that you did. This is still Africa Tech Radio. We have great content coming your way so do not go anywhere my name is Lillian and you just listened to Back to Base follow us on all our social media platforms on Instagram it is at Atech Radio and all other platforms including YouTube it is at Africa Tech Radio you can also check our podcasts on all streaming platforms I'm talking about Apple Spotify Google Podcasts anyone you can think of or our website at www.africatechradio.com Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com